0: are we here we are here welcome everybody to the
1: sober grind podcast and live stream on facebook hello friends it is me pej we are here today and i'm here with my co-host austin on the sober grind yes pleasure to be here and talk to you all so today we have a special show. We are going to be talking about bad friends and bad influences. Mm.
0: So many of these people impact our lives, whether we're aware of it or not at the moment. So yes. we're hopefully going to go over all this stuff and, and analyze how you can really uh, find out who's not the best influence in your life. That's right. Yeah. So so there's a reason I came up with
1: this topic. I-
0: Laid out there. I know like Do every tell.
1: every week you always ask me, so what's the topic for this week? And I'm, I like to brainstorm. Like I don't want to just come off the top of my head and say, yeah. let's talk cool. about addiction in this aspect. Like no, I think about, about what's I like to yeah. go about what's going on in what I'm experiencing. So mm-hmm. I have done in the last couple of weeks, a few different um, interventions on a few different family members. And what I'm okay. noticing is a lot of the people that I'm doing interventions, on. obviously like a lot of them are in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there was a female, there was a couple of males and... Um, I'm noticing, of course, obviously, uh, th- what, the way they surround themselves, the people that are around them. There's a saying, you are what your friends are, right? Absolutely. So a lot of these people, they're highly influenced by different people that um, they use with, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it, it's a given. You, you wanna, you're in school, you make friends with people, you want to fit in, um, you want them to like you, um, they want you to like them. Um, they do certain things and you follow suit or vice versa. You could be um, somebody that they look up to and you may be doing things that are not conducive to life, mm-hmm. you know. And then they, they also um, they do the same and, you know, vice versa. So, so I was just thinking, like, I, I saw a lot of stuff this last week, you know, just uh, more or less people that have been deep in their addiction, deep in their alcoholism, and they're getting really caught up. Um, there was a 17-year-old kid who, uh, as of late, has been – smoking a um, wax pen, which we didn't have uh, that back in my day, but yeah. um,
0: I've seen them and they look just like uh, uh, They fakes. just look like,
1: yeah, well, I mean yeah. even smaller than that. They look like a mm. pen, you know, yeah, straight sure. up So and yeah, he's he's going to a high school and he claims that everybody in the high school is doing them and that is you know w- w- these days with what's going on with with um, Marijuana being legalized a lot of kids are making a, an excuse for them to be able to smoke weed mm-hmm. now even though marijuana is legalized, it's for 21 and over in, in sure. California. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if, think, if kids think that they're smoking weed legally, no, it's still illegal, right? But also, they're, they're, everybody's influencing each other. So there's a lot of different kids that they, they always claim this whole thing of, well, it's natural. It's from a plant. So they all make this excuse together. And then, you know. Right, and, sure. And a lot often it's just a phase, right? Often it's just a phase. But sometimes, you know. More often than none. But what I'm seeing is that a lot of these kids, they start out with weed. It's a gateway drug, no matter how you look at it. It is a gateway drug. It usually starts with weed or drinking, and then it Mm -hmm. turns into other addictions too. But um, if your friends are doing it, most likely you're doing it. I don't see a lot of kids that are going to sit in a room full of people that are using uh, drugs or drinking and kind of be the oddball in the corner that aren't doing it. So they're highly influenced. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to get comfortable in their
0: own skin. If they see their friends having fun, they're going to do it too. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, uh, in the most case, I, I've had a few friends back in uh, in high school that were um, self-proclaimed straight edge. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard that term, but basically it means uh, no drugs, no alcohol mm-hmm. uh, and and very limited amount of sex as well. Right. So when they're when you're hanging out with a group, they're very strong to their core beliefs. Right. Um, but that's the only influence, uh, or that's the only time I've really seen um, someone be okay in a surrounding where other people are, are drinking or under the influence. that They're like, no.
1: Right. Well, it's it's interesting that you say that. Is that where you grew up? You're talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, where I where'd you grow up? New
0: Jersey. New Jer. Oh, really? I thought you were from Philadelphia. No. Oh, okay. Well, born in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh, not Philly, Lancaster, so with the Amish. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, most of my adolescence, teenage, high school years, early college was New Jersey. Though.
1: Right. So I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. Mormon country.
0: There was lots not and so. lots and
1: lots of Mormons, right? Mm-hmm. So Straight Edge was, was the majority. Okay. Not the minority. Actually. Obviously, me feeling uncomfortable with my own skin, not feeling like I really fit in what I was doing was going against the straight edge. you know I was basically um, I was intimidated of the people that were sober, you mm-hmm. know the ones that didn 't curse, the ones that were walking mm-hmm. a straight line, the ones that were very involved with their families. I was like this latchkey child that gravitated more towards um people that were doing things that were out of the norm, you know? Um, I was highly influenced by those types, you know? I, I don't know if you remember the movie Bad, Bad News Bears. Yeah, baseball movie. A baseball movie. Yeah, yeah. So there uh-huh. was a new, probably a newer version that you saw down the line. I've seen both. Okay, you've seen yeah, the yeah. old school one. Yeah, yeah, Burt So like, Reynolds, right? So, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so uh-huh. Kelly that was in Bad News Bears, mm-hmm. that's the type of guy I would hang out with. Okay. I, I just, he, he was a... Uh, you know, kind of like a tough guy. Nobody messed with him. And, um, he, sure. you know, he, he had his fun and I would have hung out with a guy like Kelly. I used to have a bunch of different Kellys that I surrounded myself with. Sure. And there was just a few people, They would, you know, they'd go places. Like they'd go hide out behind the school or hide out behind the church just to go smoke weed and smoke cigarettes. You know, do things that, that weren't allowed, that nobody was agreeing with, but they would just do it. And so I would go and I, I was highly influenced by these people. I looked up to them. You know, mm-hmm. for some reason, like they took me under their wing. They showed me this so-called love that I truly thought was like something that I that I was appealing. You know, it, it was appealing to me. Right. So <clears throat> I I just remember as a youngster, a teenager, like this was what I started to gravitate towards. Why is that? That's because in my household, there was a lot of turmoil. Mm. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of uh, loudness. There was sure. a lot of uh, yelling going on or often there was even physical abuse. So what I would do to try to escape that was go and hang out with people that accepted me more and were doing things that would help us all escape out of, our, out of mind, out of body, out of sight, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what happens a lot of times depending on uh, what type of environment our kids are growing up in. And it doesn't just have to be um, homes where people uh, have a lot of turmoil in their house. It could be a totally normal, average, everyday home. But, um, you know, depending on what's going on. Like, let's say, for example, this last week, there was this kid, um, 17 years old. He's he's doing the wax pens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, his mom pretty much gave him everything. She spoiled mm-hmm. him. She gave sure. him a, a, an extremely expensive car. I mean, for a 17-year-old kid, he should not be driving around in a $50,000 BMW. Whoa, I okay?
0: wish. I still don't drive that. Right.
1: <laughs> All the girls were giving him attention. Uh-huh, sure. he, he was... Six months and that's so he says. Six months and just barely experimenting with with um, the weed pens. Mm-hmm. He he ha, he said his best friend works for Weed Maps or is like the CEO mm-hmm. or something like that. So Weed Maps is an app on your phone that these sure. kids are using these days mm-hmm. to. Have, and I was with him at the Irvine Spectrum, walking around, just talking, and he was just telling me everything. And he was saying, "Yeah, if I wanted, I could have like weed delivered to me right here. Me and my friends do this all the time." Mm-hmm. This is what our kids are doing these days. You know, I mean, they're, they're basically congregating and hanging out and smoking weed. Now, what happens with that is that some of them, it's just a phase. Mm-hmm. Some of them will actually grow out of it. Some of them, their families will intervene and some of them will just continue on. The party starts at 17 and it doesn't end until who knows when, you know, mm-hmm. like in your 30s or 40s. Before you know it, the person is a full-blown alcoholic or addict or heroin addict. That's what happens. It's, it's progressive. It's not like people that are fully addicted to heroin just start out with heroin. They start out with the small stuff and then they move their way up. So, yeah, kids are very, very influenced by their
0: friends. Absolutely. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Let's take a quick uh, pause here to address some comments, see if we have any Uh, Wherever you are, whoever you are, uh, thank you for watching this. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, thoughts uh, about band influences, your past experiences with friends that uh, may have not led you down the right path and would love to share it, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Here we have one. I have a story. I had to give a U.A. I I popped hot for alcohol and I have not been drinking. Took me a little while to research why, advice, never use hand sanitizer or sanitizing wipes before giving you a UA.
1: <laughs> Interesting. I-, I would have asked if you could take the test again in that time, not use the hand sanitizer.
0: Yeah. Interesting. No. Thank
1: you, though, for that story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hi, Sharon. Sharon says hi. Hello, Sharon. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Christine Williams, absolutely. This is how it starts. Could not agree more. So uh, I want to say this. Like a lot of kids, they say, well, these are my friends. Sure. Right? So um,
1: no, they're not your friends. They don't look out for
0: your best interests. Let me, let me. Well, yeah, let's dive into how you can kind of address that mindset and and switch into, yeah, they're your friends. Mm -hmm. But how do you recognize in the moment when you're 16, 17, however old, that they're not that's, you, you, you know, you. so that same 17 year old that I've been kind of trying to work with. So the thing
1: about him is that obviously, you know, he's still wet behind the ears. He, he hasn't even tasted life yet. He's one sure. of those kids that thinks he's got it all figured out. He's been totally spoiled. He thinks he's you know, he thinks he's got it going on. He even, he's absolutely insistent and positively sure that no matter what, when I turn 18, I'm going to continue to do this. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, I'm still going to continue to do this now, whether you like it or not. You can take away my phone. You can take away my car. Basically, we've taken everything away from him to, to kind of make him desperate to the point where he reaches out for help. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I'm, he, I'm absolutely positive that when I'm done, I'm going to go and live my own life. More power to him if you can afford so, yeah. if you can afford to you know we're trying to help him gain some recovery or learn about recovery mm-hmm. so that he won't go down that path and hopefully not become worse yeah. than that mm-hmm. but um if you know i this is how I see it if a person can uh, stand on their own two feet without their fam they're enabling family support and they can work a job and they can you know, make a living for themselves and they can afford to buy their own weed and they want to continue to keep smoking, that's their life, right? That's if you're over 18. When you're a teenager, you know, Mm -hmm. and often that's where it all starts is in in adolescence. When you're a teenager, when you're under your parents' roof, the parent still has the say. Yeah. So the parent is allowed to say, in my house, there will be none of that. It's okay to drug test your kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, look, the the lady's just talking about going and getting drug tested right now you wherever know, wherever
0: she popped positive. Yeah. My format. mom used to drug test us. All the Why
1: past. do jobs drug test people? Because they yeah. they want to make sure that people are in their right mind if they're working in their facility in their places, right? Mm-hmm. So, and even so, um, you know, kids that uh, think that they this is my thing with that kid. I'm always trying to like make it apparent to him. It's like that stuff is played out regardless. Like getting high or getting loaded, as cool as it sounds, and all that. It's played out like at this point in your life like if you're about to go to college soon right yeah. and we already know what happens in a lot of these like frat houses everybody goes and, and all of the using and drinking expands mm-hmm. some kids get on Ritalin and Adderall so that they can focus and uh, you know counterbalance pay, yeah to, to, to pay attention in class yeah. and do well on their assignments some kids just become full-on alcoholics like raging alcoholics some kids smoke weed and then they start doing other stuff too regardless of the fact it's party town, right? Mm -hmm. So, so a lot of times I think what I try to tell the kids is rise above, Mm -hmm. like be different. Like, be straight edge. Back in the day I used to be intimidated of the straight edge people. Now I would rather be the straight edge. I was telling this kid the other day, being a nerd is in. Like I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather be a nerd and be smart and, and, and advance in life and do things that are yeah. that are amazing for myself rather than be some lush that's just like sauced and, and wasted all the time. Absolutely. Know? I
0: mean you look at the glamorizing of entrepreneurship right now. It's mm-hmm. huge. Being that smart kid, being that, that hustler in, in high school and right. you know, focusing your uh your weekends. In your after-school time and building something, building and I guarantee and you, those
1: types of people, if they were loaded, they wouldn't—they wouldn't, they wouldn't be getting
0: to those calibers in life. Absolutely. Yes. Who has questions? Who has questions? Any questions on beginnings end? Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Any questions from the studio audience?
1: Nothing. If no questions in All the right. audience, let's let's... See. let's see. How do you tell old drinking buddies? You can't be around them without sounding. Pompous. Oh, that's a
0: great question.
1: So, old drinking buddies. That's a great question. I really, I love that you asked that, Alex. Um, personally, so when I got sober myself, like I made it clear to my old drinking buddies that I'm not drinking anymore, because I'm the type of guy like I can't just drink and go out and have a good night. I I go out with my friends, and I, if I start drinking with my so-called friends, if I start drinking with them, um, before you know it, I'm I, like I'll start with beer. And then I'll get into some of the heavier stuff. And then before you know it, we're doing shots. And then I'm blacked out. Mm. So if my true friends see me get to the point of oblivion to where I'm passed out, like blacked out somewhere, I'm not well, like, they're, you know, they'll, they'll be like, dude, you need to stop. So your old drinking buddies, if they're okay with you getting to the point where you're dangerous to yourself and to other people around you, whether you're driving or stuff like that, they're really not your drinking buddies. I just choose to separate myself from them. Um, I choose to surround myself around people that are sober, that are in recovery. There's nothing wrong with that. I still talk to some of my old friends that use and drink. I I wasn't of the mindset where I just had to cut them all off because I definitely wanted to still be an example. And if they ever needed help, they saw that I was like a beacon of hope and they could reach out to me, right? So what's what's a trip is that I'll still – I've gone to like a a bachelor party. I've gone to a wedding and I watched them all – You know, in their 30s and 40s, still using and drinking, still living it up. They still have the mentality, the mindset of the same that we had when we were in high school. Mm -hmm. Who's got the biggest car? Who's got the hottest girlfriend? It's like, dude, grow up. Like it's time to grow out of that stuff. Become like somebody, you know. And sure, some of them succeeded in life, however that may be. Some of them may not be addicts and alcoholics. You know some of them might just be something that they do casually or leisurely if that's even possible or recreationally sure. if that's even possible to each their own not judging people can do their own thing but I what I choose to do is I don't like to go in a lot of slippery places because I might slip you know and over a period of time like I've gone to some bars and I've hung out but you know what happens is I get kind of tired of being there especially when you watch somebody who's drinking around you and progressively they become drunker and drunker mm-hmm. to f- pure belligerent, right? And at a certain point, you're just like, oh, that used to be me. Like, I don't even wanna be like that anymore. So that's, I hope that answers your question.
0: So let's, let's take that side uh, and apply it to the high school demographic. So I, I kind of have a two part question here. Firstly, how do you find new positive friends, whether you're sober now or you're in the moment? You're a 17-year-old, everyone around you is is drinking, partying, smoking, whatever. How do you distance yourself and find new friends if they're the only friends you've had, especially if they're the only friends that you've had for so long? And what advice would you give to yourself back in high school?
1: Well, I think, you know, when you're younger, you can definitely distinguish somebody that's walking a straight line as opposed to somebody who is, you know, going against the grain. Mm-hmm. the rebellious ones, the ones that are not performing well in school, the ones that are hiding out, the ones that are hiding things from their families, or the secretive ones. If you're hanging out with those people, you are what your friends are. You're probably going to be doing the same thing if you're not already doing it. Mm-hmm. But you can also see the ones that are succeeding and the ones that are you know, doing well, the ones that are in touch with their family members, the ones that go and are involved in family activities or have good friends and they go out and do good things you know it can start in boy scouts if you see people that are active in boy scouts or people that are active in sports and and that's kind of like what they really are focused on and trying to advance themselves you know in an athletic fashion Mm -hmm. those are those are people to look up to right yeah i mean you probably go farther hanging out with somebody that's like a star football player or an amazing swimmer as opposed to some guy that keeps on wanting to go and hide out behind the school, to go to that part of the parking lot where some people like to go and congregate and smoke and drink and do whatever they do, right? Mm -hmm. You'll probably succeed more, as opposed to when you're older. Like, let's say, like, you're in treatment. You go to treatment. So here's the thing about treatment. Again, this still pertains, you know, surrounding yourself around people that are solid. What I often see is people that are in recovery surround themselves with people where they form unhealthy alliances. So it's basically the blind leading the blind. People that are newly sober, and I just... I want to hang out with him more because I relate to him more because he and I were just using about two months ago. He's a heroin addict. I'm a heroin addict. I don't get anything from that guy or that guy or that guy, but I still want to hang out with him more. Well, what happens there is sometimes the disease of addiction, between the two, the diseases will kind of just come together and, you know, they they form together. Like they, they morph together. They become... One gives the other an idea. One says, "I miss doing that." The other says, "I miss doing that too." Before you know it, they're in some motel room getting loaded again, shooting dope together, right? right? So you you got it, it. It pertains to even in recovery to surround yourself around people that really are doing well for themselves, people that have multiple years of sobriety, people that are serious about their sobriety, right? Or it's it's the same song and dance. You want to keep on hanging out with people that you know that want that are still kind of iffy or on the fence or maybe in relapse mode, you're going to probably relapse too.
0: That's great advice. That was a mouthful. (laughs) That's good stuff. Okay, people start off drinking. People start off drinking so they can hang out. Then before you know it, just hang out so you can drink. Yeah. Yeah. Steven,
1: you want to know what's really a trip? is that I saw a dream of you the other night. Like, we were still working at Trader Joe's. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, what a trip. And then this morning I was at a meeting, and somebody told me that she saw a dream of me last night. What a trip. Anyway, so... lines an interesting So thing. people start off drinking so they can hang
0: out. Then, before you know it, you just hang out so you can drink. True. Yeah. So tr- how many... I, I can name a lot of current relationships the first time that we've done anything, especially if it's, you know, an outside acquaintance from some... What do you do? You get together and... Typically, it's just fallen into place that we that we get a drink, but I mean, I guess you could switch that to coffee or.
1: Well, not necessarily. I mean, here's my thing. All right, so I'm not sitting, I'm not doing the show, or I'm not talking like this towards people that can drink to hang out and do it, you know, leisurely. There's a lot of people that aren't alcoholics. There's a lot of people that can go out for a few drinks, and more power to them. There's a reason that there's bars, and there's the reason that people can handle their liquor. Mm -hmm. There are people that go and have two, three, four, five drinks, and they're like, okay, I'm done. Then there's people that go and they have two, three, four, five drinks, and they've just got started. Mm -hmm. If it becomes a problem for you in your life, you know, if you're highly influenced and it becomes a problem for you in your life, perhaps you might want to take a look at yourself. Only an addict or an alcoholic can actually really truly diagnose themselves and call themselves that when it becomes a problem and they realize it's become a problem. Or sometimes when their family intervenes or when an interventionist intervenes and they make it apparent to them that this is becoming a problem for you. you've you know Your life's unmanageable. You've ran your life into the ground. You've gambled your money away. Your family's all upset with you. All of your friends have walked away from you. Perhaps you have a problem here, right? And sometimes uh, addicts and alcoholics will push away their better friends. Mm. Their better friends will – and this happened for me on a personal basis – a lot of my really good true friends wanted nothing to do with me over a period of time because they're like, dude, you're just messed up. Like we don't even, I can't be around you. A few of my drinking buddies and using buddies, actually one of them, which I will choose to call my Eskimo till the day I die. Your Eskimo? Yes. She, she basically, <laughs> um, she'd gotten sober. I hadn't seen her for a while. And then when I saw her, she told me, "Pesh, are you, are you sober? I said, no, I'm not. And she said, well, I am. I have almost four years of sobriety. And if you want any place in my life, you, you'll get sober too. Other than that, I cannot talk to you. And that really hurt my heart because I really liked her. Mm-hmm. She was like a dear friend. Yeah. But that's a true friend. Mm-hmm. That's a true friend. That's a person that was in recovery, that was looking out for my best interest, as opposed to somebody that was you know trying to drink with me or get loaded with me or continue right. to keep using with me. Which before that, before she got sober, that's exactly all we really were for each other in each other's lives were just two people that were going to get loaded together. We didn't care care about each other's
0: best interest. Are you too close now?
1: Oh, she's like one of my best friends. Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah, that's great. Rinda says rad. Rinda, you are rad. Hopefully, I <laughs> pronounced that right. PJ says thank you, bruh. <laughs> thank, thank you, you PJ. For, thank you for tuning in. Laurie says same with drugs. Doing drugs to have fun. Next thing you know, you can't even have fun or function without the drugs. Right. So true. It's that slippery slope. Yeah, they're addicted for a reason. Yeah. Any uh, any final questions out there? Comments, thoughts? Anything you'd like to ask us?
1: PJ's been sober for eighteen months. Good
0: job. Congratulations. PJ. Awesome. That's I love amazing. That.
1: Yeah, I do want to say. Let me interject real quick. and just, just lay say it out there. So, so we've got a Facebook page called Ask an Ask an Addiction Specialist. Yeah. It's I think it's down there in the little bar, but you can also type it in t- inside of. Your little bar up top. Just type in "ask an addiction specialist." It's a page where we have uh, people that come and ask questions, whether they have a loved one that's suffering or they themselves are suffering and they need questions answered. You can come and ask. We have professionals um, that are, that will reply to you in a timely manner, and people that are in recovery that will give you their outlook on on how to go about certain things. You can ask anything in there, and we'd we'll be glad to be you know to help you. Also, the Sober Grind podcast um it's yeah please check that out yeah we,
0: that's why we do this we would like for you to su- if you're
1: if you're if you like the show we'd like if you would subscribe to it both on itunes or what is it google
0: yeah it's on itunes it's on google play soon, soon maybe on spotify it, it could be i'm trying to get it on spotify okay. pretty much any, it's on youtube it's on youtube we okay. do the video anywhere that you listen to podcasts it should be on there if it's not let me know let pej know and we'll make sure that it gets on there. Right, and every uh, which week, should be everywhere.
1: Every week on it we have a testimonial from a friend that's in recovery. Uh, last week was Laura Reeves. Awesome. awesome yeah, I was individual. incredible talking to her. She was talking about her demons and, yeah. you know, uh, as well as her eating disorder and things like that. She's really big in that community. Check that out. And also ask questions like, come and write a review. Tell us about what we're doing right and what you would like us to be doing. And if you would like to be on that podcast, you let us know. We'd love to have you on for anywhere from a three to five to, you know, six or seven minute testimonial. Tell us your story. If you're in recovery and you've been for a while and you'd like to, you know put it out there you don't even have to use your own name you can go anonymous it's up to you you can Mm -hmm. use a fake name it's up to you yeah
0: can't couldn't have said it better myself thank you all so much again for always tuning in week after week listening to what we are trying to put out there spread hope spread positivity and expertise until next time (laughs) are we over and out i think we're over and Over and out thank you guys Thank you
1: all. Talk to you soon.